none of these people knew anything about me except what they had just heard from the stick for the 15 minutes prior, which was this guy has cheated on his wife. He has slept with a man. His wife and daughter have left all these horrible things that they had heard. And I just thought no one is going to see this in any way except this guy is a sinner. He is lost. He is, I don't know what they only know. The absolute worst things about me. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, here we go. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for the breath mint, Jessica. <laughs> You're welcome, Steve. I thought the microphone was stinky, but it was just my breath. <laughs> it could have been my fart. <laughs> could have been, because that happened to a minute ago. Aww. Is that the first time I farted in front of you, Steve? I think it is. Oh, what a Taking man. this relationship to the next level. <laughs> and then our conversation went to... I've had somebody spend the night over at my house recently. Matt. Steve. Who? Steve is saying this. So, Steve, yeah, enlighten us. Well, just that I've had someone stay over a couple times, and I had forgotten, like... You don't fart? <laughs> no, but... I don't think about it when I fart in my sleep, and now I have to think about it. When you fart in your sleep? Yeah. How do you think about farting when you're sleeping? Well, if it, like, wakes me up. Yeah. But then you've already <laughs> farted, I... right? Yeah, and it's a problem. <laughs> That the other person heard it too. <laughs> Not necessarily. Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it rumbles the house. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but then we then we kept going on that conversation. The fact that why is farting such a taboo? Like why why is that? Why is it so it funny? Stinks. It's so funny. I think that's the main issue, is that it usually stinks. That probably is the origin that it's like the fart itself, the sound. Yeah, it, but we all do it. But it stinks. So where else are we supposed to do it? Go to the bathroom. What if we don't have a in bathroom? In the back of the warehouse, Matt. <laughs> Not the one by the office, which Matt admitted yeah. that he won't poop in the bathroom that's right by the office. No, I, I go in the warehouse. Well, I poop in either one, but I don't poop like you do, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right, let's move on. You brought uh, it up. On that note, Matt would like to read a review from our one of our listeners. And now he's, I'm sure he's glad he knows me. So, <laughs> um, so the review that I'm going to read, it says the title, Fantastic. Uh, Five-star rating, awesome. It says, I knew Matt's brother from church and knew of Matt a little bit because of that. I came across the podcast by accident. I listened to the last episode and be- became intrigued. So I subscribed, and I'm currently on episode 22 over the last two days. I love what I am listening to. Been a very interesting and helpful podcast. Thanks. I've enjoyed getting to know each of you. Thank I think you. It's funny Thank you. That he accidentally listened. <laughs> he, he didn't accidentally listen. He just stumbled he upon it. He oh. stumbled upon that the podcast by accident. I think, yeah. So, 
All right. Thank so, you for that review. Yes, thank you. We really appreciate your ratings and reviews. They really do make a big difference for us and for other people who are trying to find podcasts. It will help them find us. So if you can, go leave a rating and review. Or Only if it's a good one. <laughs> Steve, you say that every time. Oh, we yeah. we appreciate <laughs> all of your reviews because they give us good feedback. So all reviews. Thank we'll, you. We'll take them. And we <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to help us spread the word, if you are enjoying this episode or a different episode, go screenshot it, share it on social media, tag us because we'd love to see it. But that really helps as well. Also, why I learned this today, that if someone shares a post of ours on their story on Instagram, we don't get notified about that? No. Why? I can see they used to notify you. They don't anymore. That's so stupid. if our post gets shared, I see that it's been shared. I don't see who shared it. So the only way I can see that's weird. See it is if you tag us. And maybe it's only if it's if you don't have your account public. I can't yeah, see it. That could be it. But see, I don't I don't think that's the case because I've had a couple people share that I know their account's public that then I saw it just in our feed. And I was like, oh. I didn't realize they shared it. But like, I didn't know you shared it the other day, Steve, except that I saw it in the feed. Hmm. So unless you tag us, I won't know that you shared it is basically what it comes down to. So make sure and tag us. If you tag us, then I'll, I'll be sure to acknowledge it. But otherwise I don't, I don't know what post. That one that I shared. I know. I want I want you to tell me what it was sweet (laughs) and it like made me a little emotional. Oh, what was it about? I haven't read it. It was <laughs> it was Jew. Jessica explaining. Well, of course it was me. Because <laughs> okay, what so it, it talked about that I've been asked so many times why I've stuck by Steve's side through all of this. And it was the fact that I knew him being gay had nothing to do with me. His actions, while they may have hurt, weren't about me. Like what happened wasn't necessarily about me. The part that really struck me was where you said he was worried. He was scared he that out, nobody that no would, one love would love him. And I didn't want to prove him right. By if he embraced the great gay side of himself and I was not going to prove him right by rejecting him. I've stuck by his side and loved him just as he is. Is that legit? Mm-hmm. I didn't make that up. Oh, good thing. <laughs> and you have to know that was so true and so essential. To not lose you and your love and your acceptance when I came out. I'm glad. At least I did something right in my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was important to me too. I mean, I wasn't going to just let you go. We were too good of friends. Obviously, we're recording a podcast together. (laughs) Well, this actually leads into the next thing that I wanted to talk about because we got a message from this lady and she says... I love, love, love you guys. I started listening to your podcast about a week ago and can't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. You inspire so many. And then I get another message from her (laughs) a few days later. And she sends us this question. And I'm going to tell you the question. But then I respond and told her we're going to use it on the episode tonight. She's like, yes. And she goes, I was talking to my husband about you guys last night. And he told me I've become obsessed with your podcast. (laughs) And she says, no shame. I was literally in my kitchen and my husband was in the living room and I said, you know, I wonder if Matt would feel different about Steve if he were straight. And he said, 
just freaking message them because I don't know math. (laughs) (laughs) And the interesting thing is she says that she has a gay ex-husband as well. So I think this is a question she's thought about in her own life. But the original question was. Would Matt feel differently about Steve? Yeah. But if would it be different for Matt if Steve were straight? Is it easier to accept Steve into his life and be so close because he doesn't feel threatened? Even though Jessica and Steve clearly have, she calls it a soul connection. Were you going to answer, Steve? I was just. Yeah, go ahead. Because I have I have an answer. Then yes, you answer, and then I'll. I think that yes, to a point, it helps. It helps me to a comfortable level knowing that Steve is gay, and probably not attracted to my wife. Now, the way that I try to have relationships with anybody is the fact that as long as you're not a jerk, I will be open to you as an individual. And I think if if Steve were not gay, I think I would still have the same relationship as long as Steve was the same person yeah. that he is right now, right? Yeah. And I think I told Jessica the other day that if Steve was not gay, there were there were to be boundaries like I wouldn't be okay with him grabbing her boobs or anything and I'm still not I still wouldn't be okay if he I was gonna say are you no if he was I'm not okay with that and still grabbing her boobs like that would be the line <laughs> wow <laughs> but that's what we ultimately came down to was listen as long as you're respecting boundaries and the relationship right. then there's nothing to be jealous of like Matt's not jealous of Steve no matter what but if Matt I'm not, said I'm that's not a, when the line is crossed, is if Steve when started boobs grabbing are my boobs. <laughs> I was mostly uh, joking. Yeah. But yeah. what it what it came there down to. There were probably some other lines. Yeah. <laughs> what it came to. down to was as long as boundaries are respected and not crossed, my relationship with an individual is not going to change. Well, and it was like the post you made the other day about the fact that Steve and I went running together. Right. And how that doesn't bother you at all. But I also, before we went running, reached out to you to make sure that wasn't I was an issue. Okay with to it. make sure you were okay. And and the thing is, I knew you probably would be okay with it. Like, I didn't think it was really an issue, but I wanted but to make sure. you still have to go through the motions. Yeah. Of, I want to make sure you're comfortable with it. Right. And it pays to communicate up front about something. Yes. Yeah. And Rather the other than thing someone. Is you don't want to feel like I'm sliding, like, something in through the back door. Like, like, that gets shady. Yeah, or like, Matt, you hear from someone, oh, yeah, I saw Steve and Jessica out running the other day. And you're like, what the? I didn't know about that. Uh, I think at this point, if somebody did message me and say, hey, I just saw Steve Steve and Jessica running down the green belt, I'd probably be like, oh, cool. Yeah, they were out on a run, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But. But that has taken a lot of time, energy, and effort to get to that point. And, yeah, my thought on this question is, I feel like it kind of implies that because I'm gay, there is no... No way that Matt would feel threatened. Is that the word she used? Read the question one yeah, more time, would you? Yeah, I think it was threatened. And like comfortable with our relationship. And I get like she says that you and I have a soul connection. And yes, we do have a connection. But even that, like our relationship has changed so much from when we were married. Mm-hmm. It's not well, the same as totally like different. Well, my thought, is, my thought is just that I do feel like me being gay eliminates some worries or should on your on your end. like. You don't have to worry about me trying to sleep with your wife. 
I'll grab those boobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Been there, there are still that. so many other threats that someone could feel. So many other ways that someone could feel threatened by still having your spouse's oh, in yeah. their life of like And those are real legitimate feelings. And I think that I mean, perfect example of this is we talked about this with your friend with Tyler mm-hmm. on the podcast episode with him. Uh-huh. And we talked about, hey, because I was super sick and I couldn't go up to McCall. And that was a boundary that I wasn't willing to be okay with, and neither was Jessica, and neither were you, mm-hmm. of you and Jessica and Penny were going to go up and stay in right. the cabin together. Like, there's still... And, well, that's what it... I mean, eliminating you and your kids, that's what it made the dynamic and none of us. We yeah. were like, yeah, that's not okay. That's and we never even, to my knowledge, I don't even know if you were involved in that decision to not go, Matt, but Jessica and I wouldn't have been okay with that, and we just never even... I don't right. know. Were you well, I just in that told decision? him. I was like, okay, well, that eliminates Steve. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. either Steve takes the cabin or I take the cabin yeah, okay. because we can't go together. But I guess the point I was trying to make was just that there are still, like, this is still, I've had to earn Matt's trust. Right. In order to be in, like, this I feel very welcome in you guys' home and in, like, I, I feel like, for one, I'm stum- stumbling over my words, but I've, <laughs> there, there, there is trust. still potential for Matt to feel threatened or uncomfortable with me because yeah. you haven't crossed yeah. any of those boundaries. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's something we have had to work on to build <clears throat> to gain each other's trust and to. There was that one time it, where you asked my <laughs> wife out on a date, kind of for your anniversary. <laughs> yeah, and and did we tell that story? On yeah, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like that was weird, and yeah. we got through that, yeah. and. And then we established that that wasn't appropriate. Like, exactly. oh, yeah, we're still new to this and we need to yes. reevaluate. Yeah. And I, I acknowledged, like, I acknowledged your feelings in that. Acknowledged that, yes, this was a <laughs> stupid thing of me, for me to have done. <laughs> and I back need on to. That, like, my mind, like, even my face right now is like, I was perplexed. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Weird. Right. I hope they have fun. <laughs> on their date <laughs> for their anniversary. <laughs> yeah. So. We've done some stupid stuff. And that's the thing like we also want people to know is we made mistakes going through and establishing this relationship, but we haven't held that over each other's heads. No, no. and and that's, that's why it we works. talked it through and yes, we, we got real quick back to a good place and established, established like, that. All right, there okay, needs to be a boundary here. Let's That wasn't okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's been a lot of that on all of our parts, I feel like right. on on the way. And that but like I said, that's not something we've held against each other. And I think it's so easy to hold those things against each other. Like we, right. you can get that hung up That could have them. been a turning point. Yeah. That, that could have been right the, the point beginning. where you said, no, Steve, this is coming to an end. You got to quit yeah. being friends with, no, you don't get to celebrate any of your past, whatever with Steve. Like, no, you guys are divorced. Or even be done with him. Do anything. Stop this. You yeah. don't get to hang out with him. No more one-on-one time. Yeah. He's not welcome and in our home. Like that could have been. in that. Yeah. Completely justified. But that's not me. Yeah. And I don't think that's any of our personalities. We evaluate, we learn what does work, and continue forward. Yeah. So the other thing, this is our word for the week. <laughs> that she brings robulate. up. And he, <laughs> that's my dad's made up word. Yeah. Steve. She says, my husband loves my husband. Gusband? That's Gay awful. Gunkle, <laughs> but Gusband. And it's funny because, <laughs> you know, funny. so there is somebody 
like I refer to Steve as one of my best friends. And and she she messages she says something about that in here as well. And that her ex is one of her best friends. And and I'm like, yes. And that's the thing is he's my friend. It's totally a different relationship than it was. Yeah. Completely different. And I also sometimes describe it to people who don't get it as I feel like you're my brother now. Yeah. That I love him that much. I care about him that much, but I don't have feelings for him. Yeah, but at we all. very much are there for each other the way siblings yeah. would be. Yeah. Like we siblings both know we've got each other's kid. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both know neither of us is going anywhere. We both know we've Yeah. We would drop anything and do anything for the other. We both And same for Matt. Yeah. 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 So there's your answer. I think she's going to be excited. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Yeah, that was a great And you question. guys, send in questions. Like, we <laughs> love getting them, and we might not answer all of them on the air. We've talked about we've talked about this a lot, about going live once a week and answering questions, and I think it would be really fun because we get enough of them that we, we could do that. Steve oh. gets enough of them. Everybody just messages Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is he's, so funny. He's the safe one. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay. I don't know. So this... I do think it's funny, though, when I'm like, wow, I love all the feedback we're getting from or like <laughs> from this episode. Oh, I love all the, the different things that this episode has brought up. And you're like, what are you talking about? I haven't heard from anyone. I'm like, oh, I've heard from a handful of people today. <laughs> so Same thing s- with that post I made the other oh. day. Keep sending them to Steve. That's fine. <laughs> Totally fine. It just makes me Any laugh. feedback is great feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So in last week's episode, we mentioned Steve's disciplinary council, and we just kind of glazed over it. And we have done that several times. Before we get too far into this. Okay. In one of our last recordings, Steve asked me how much I weigh. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm okay sharing that. Are we going to talk if about If you guys now? can all keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to promise to keep it a secret. Do you Steve, guys how promise? Much do you th- and this is funny because last week I was in a bike shop. A bike shop, and <laughs> the guy helping me uh, get a bike set up to demo, he's like, "All right, so so Matt, uh, you weigh about one <laughs> eighty." Matt just started <laughs> I just laughing. Started laughing like, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I wish that was uh, that'd be awesome. How much do you think Matt weighs? Two. <laughs> How much do you weigh? I will never guess. How much do you weigh? I weigh 175. Okay. And you did guess that Matt weighed about 30 pounds more than you. Uh Mm -hmm. What are you at, Matt? 220. 220. 220. Okay. Yeah. How tall are you? 30 pounds. 5'10. Did you just add a couple inches? 5'10. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, you're 5'10. I know you are. Look. And how tall are you? And. Anybody who is 5'11 will never say that they're 5'11. They're six foot. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I'm 5'10. What about people that are (laughs) 4'11? Jessica. (laughs) I am 4'11. Yeah. (laughs) People did like that post too with a picture of you. That's funny that people don't, I mean, nobody would know that about us unless you've seen pictures of us. That That Jessica can walk underneath. (laughs) If I put my arm straight out, Jessica can walk underneath it. <laughs> Steve is 6'1", and I am 4'11". We Look. got so many responses on that and the king-size bed thing, or the tall people oh, laying on did beds. Did you? So, many, so much feedback about that. I I had to turn off my husband a lot of notifications. I know. On, like It was like four, five. When COVID hit and work just got crazy, I just... The more my phone went off, the more I just wanted to freaking blow a gasket and 
So I haven't kept up so well on what people have responded. Steve doesn't but. get the response unless I, I share it with him. Yeah. And I'm sorry, sometimes you ask me to and I forget, but I try to be good about that. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, all people right. were telling all sorts of stuff about that. It was pretty funny. So that's how much I weigh. <laughs> <laughs> and back to uh, Steve's disciplinary counsel. <laughs> <laughs> We have glazed over this topic several times, though. We have. And keep first talking. Time, when we were like at that point in the timeline, I don't know you why. You weren't ready to talk about it. I just wasn't. It. It's an emotional thing. And and that's fine. And now you feel like you're ready. So at this point, we I think need... it was just that night. I was like super drained and didn't want to get into yeah. that. And then we just never came back around, really. We need to actually explain what this is and yeah. why. Who wants so, to do that? Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> You've been in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want us no, you to explain? S- I, want, I want Matt to explain it. You've Matt, been in a bishopric that like... Yeah. Have you participated in disciplinary councils? I have not. Okay. I mean, I've... Yeah. I guess a member of the bishopric. Yeah. It's just a member of the bishopric. That, but anyway, yeah. yeah. You you have experience from it on the other side of things yeah. in some degree. So you tell us. So basically a disciplinary council is um, if there is a member of the church who has committed a sin that the church feels as though they need to be sat in front of a council of priesthood holders to figure out how much discipline needs to happen to that individual and how far that discipline happens. That's what the council is about. So the individual and sometimes spouses and families come to this disciplinary council to share what the story is. Mm -hmm. And then the, Members of the ward or of this council then discuss what what needs to happen and how can a disciplinary timeline work to in the favor of this individual. Yeah. So that's basically the gist of it. So are so. they trying to like figure out how to support this person yes. in like because obviously this is something you choose kind of to do. Like if you don't yeah, want to go, to go, you don't have to right, go. Right. But so typically anytime somebody chooses to be part of a disciplinary council, that means that they they know and recognize that, hey, I, I want to change. That they did wrong and they want to rectify it exactly. and they want to move forward. Yep. And I mean, it's a church court. It's basically. Yeah. And it kind of feels like court. <laughs> yeah. And. And aren't there certain people that are kind of assigned to be on your side, like to help you feel supported? I thought there was like, well, the uh, kind of like that idea, but know, I don't really know. The, well, usually you, I was going to try and make a joke. Why can't I think of public defender? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 there's no public defender. No. But, and and um, typically the, the bishop of that individual knows quite a bit about that story and, yeah. and will share. Sometimes with the council of... Which is funny that not in this case, because this bishop had never spoken to me. Yeah. <laughs> this was in Oklahoma. It After was the ward, I had left. The ward Jessica and I moved into. And we hardly knew anybody. Mm-hmm. We made friends with like a one couple. couple. Of couples. Mm-hmm. A couple, couple of couples. couples. A couple of couples. A couple of couples. Okay. I just remember the one. Anyway. Yeah, it was really just the one okay. that we were really close to. We'll call it one couple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, move on. She listened to our podcast. Hi. <laughs> I don't know about him. I don't know. Stay in touch. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, Jessica and I split. Jessica moved back. 
Sebastian and I were together, but I was still going to church. I was meeting weekly with the stake president. I Did Sebastian ever go to church with you? No. No. Okay. He talked about it at one point, expressed interest, like at the very end of our relationship, but no. So you were meeting with the stake president yes, weekly? Yes, meeting with the stake president weekly. And I, you know, in the end of my time in Oklahoma, Sebastian and I broke up. I was moving back to Boise to try again with you, Jessica. And he was like, hey, you need to have a disciplinary council if, you're, if you are going to try and make things work with your wife and get back active in the church and good standing there. Like, you need to have a disciplinary council. I would recommend you do that here. I'm fully aware of your situation. We've been meeting weekly for six months. Like, and he and I had a good relationship and a good rapport. And it's good. And I <laughs> don't laugh at me. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Steve keeps sticking his hand down his shirt. That's why I'm laughing at him. That's why he loves the V neck. Like a nervous tick right now or something. It's okay. Okay. So he suggested you have the disciplinary council yes. and take care of it then because he knew your situation. Yes. So I did it. I had moved out of me and Sebastian's place. Like two weeks before. Yes. And I was staying in a hotel for the last two weeks that I was in Oklahoma. That was awful. It's like the darkest freaking place. But. Uh, Do you the, mean like the darkest emotionally? Yes. Okay. It's also a really crappy hotel. It was a crappy <laughs> hotel. I remember that. But. So the night before I moved back to Boise, I had this disciplinary council. That's just how the timing ended up being. And it was Ooh. like crazy timing. But the only person I knew, the only person in that whole council that I even had ever met was the stake president. I didn't know a single other one of these 14. Was the bishop there? I don't, you don't remember. Even know. Okay. It was really weird that the bishop and I had zero relationship. Yeah, that is Especially weird. because, Jessica, when you left... I went into him and said, please check up on my husband. You said, I'm leaving my husband because he's gay and he cheated on me and me and, and my daughter are moving away. I'm worried about him. Like, and I wasn't even worried like church wise that I needed, like I didn't need somebody to come save you. I just wanted to know that somebody there was, was aware of you. Checking in on you. Was checking in because I just was so worried about you. Yeah. But I knew so I also is, couldn't stay. <laughs> so I had so to- it is odd. And honestly, I like avoided him because I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already had a good relationship with the stake president. I was happy with that. Like, but it is very strange that no, I, so I don't know if the bishop was there or not. Probably. Okay. I don't know. In fact, who is there? Is it the high council and the stake presidency? I don't know. It the, can be. Yeah. I remember there being 15 silver haired men in suits and ties. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps bald, bald or silver haired. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I go in. I felt really positive leading up to it. The stake president had asked me to prepare a statement, so to speak. I actually typed out like two and a half pages, which I wish I could find. I tried to find it. Not that I would really want to go back and reread that, but for the sake of the podcast, I tried to. I don't have it anymore. But so I felt pretty good sitting out there waiting. Like they all went in and kind of talked about the scenario beforehand. Briefed. The stake president, yeah explained what was going on and then they called me in and oh my gosh it's so intimidating, intimidating. Yeah. so intimidating and it's like a big boardroom style setup kind of just like this table that's like 300 feet long 
with all these dudes sitting around it. But um, and where did you sit at the table? Front and center, like right on the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I seriously just remember, like, looking down, like taking my seat and looking down this table, and it just—I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like cinematography from like a. a so a Wes Anderson movie or something where like yeah. everything kind of pans back and the table just gets longer and longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. And, and typically these tables are kind of A-shaped. Yes. And so this that, one was. So that, um, well, basically everybody can see as it goes down the line. Yeah. Um, so there's not like somebody in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So my main concern going in, I had two big concerns. One, none of these people knew anything about me except what they had just heard from the stick for the 15 minutes prior which was this guy has cheated on his wife he has slept with a man his wife and daughter have left he has you know all these horrible things that they had heard and i just thought no one is going to see this in any way except this guy is a sinner he is lost he is i don't know what i i just thought these people don't know me. They don't know anything good about me. They only know the These absolute things. worst things about me. Yeah. The things that I am the most ashamed of about myself, that is all they know. So I was terrified that it was not going to be like a, an open, productive thing. And then secondly, I was so worried. So here I was. I had made the decision to move back to Boise and to try with Jessica. And I had no idea how I was going to do that. And I just, it seemed so impossible and so just insurmountable to be able to make, fix this and fix my marriage and to not be gay, basically, is what it seemed like I was trying to do. And I had no idea how to do it. I just know that I needed to try. I wanted to try. And I was trying to put all my faith in the Lord that if I take this step into the darkness, you will make this happen. You will help me through this. You will show me what's next. Because I don't know what any of that looks like. But I have the faith that this is what I need to do. And therefore, I'm going to do it. And so, so I was terrified going into this disciplinary council that they would excommunicate me. Generally, there's two outcomes in a disciplinary council. At least there were back then. I don't know if any of this has changed. But you can either you can get disfellowshipped or you can get excommunicated. Excommunicated is when you basically cease to be a member of the church. They undo your baptism. They undo, you no longer have the priesthood. You no longer are baptized. You no longer have the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's like you're not even a member of the church. It's all undone. And the alternative is kind of a lesser punishment, so to speak. I don't, I'm probably not supposed to call it punishment, but disfellowshipment, which is kind of like probation. It's basically, you're still a member of the church, you're just on probation for a time, like, you can still, you're still welcome to go to church, just you can't participate. If someone calls on you to, like, give a prayer or answer a question, you have to politely decline. You basically are there as an observer only mm-hmm. for X amount of time, whatever they set out as kind of a probationary period. But you still get to have the companionship of the Holy Ghost. I was terrified that if they excommunicated me and I lost the gift of the Holy Ghost, I was like, how am I ever supposed to accomplish this seemingly impossible thing if I don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost to help me do it. And I was just terrified of having to do it alone. And so those are my worries going into the disciplinary council. 
I don't remember much of what actually went on in there, except that at some point they said, hey, you have the floor to like state your case kind make, of make make a statement yeah, yeah and so i i don't know if i read the thing word for word or just summarized or just blubbered my eyes out for 20 <laughs> minutes is probably more <laughs> like it i know i was just sobbing for most of it and just like begging to not be excommunicated and and i admitted that like i felt so incredibly powerless to accomplish what i was setting out to accomplish the next day and to move back home and try and make things work and i Anyway, all of that, you know, I explained all of that, and then they asked me to leave while they deliberated, and I had felt so good going in. I felt peace. I felt like I was doing the right thing. I felt like this was a step in the right direction. I felt like it was going to help me be able to fix things with Jessica and move forward. And But man, walking out of there, I just felt awful. Just, just empty and alone and... And I don't know why or how to describe this really, but like, I mean, I went back in and they, they disfellowshipped me. And that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. But I swear I did not feel the Holy Ghost again for the entire six months that we tried. I remember you laying on my couch one day at my house. We were hanging out and you just sobbing. Because you felt like you told me that, that it was gone. You're like, it's just gone. I can't feel anything anymore. And yeah. And it was like looking at it now, I don't see it the same. I don't see it as the gift of the Holy Ghost so much. But I definitely believe that there is just, there's something inside all of us that tells us when we're on the right path and when we're doing the right thing. And something that just lets us know it's going to be okay. Yeah. you're going to make it through whatever it is you're going through. Like, we've got that in us. And if we just listen to it, we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I just did not feel that. I felt just completely alone. And I was mad about it. I don't know about angry. that day on your couch you when angry. I was sobbing. But I was angry yep. that I felt like I had taken this step. Yes, I had screwed up. But I had put my trust in the Lord and said, I will take this step show me what to do, help me through this. And I was angry at times that I felt like I didn't have that support and that I, you know, and we've talked through that six months and some of the stupid stuff I was doing. And, you know, maybe that's, anyway, I just, I felt so, I just didn't feel any of that inside. I just, but why it left me in the disciplinary council, I have always kind of been perplexed by. I don't, I felt so good going into it and walking out. I just I couldn't even think of another time that I felt that. Well, if we think about the word, you know, disfellowship, right? Disfellowship, mm-hmm. like, like, really think about that. And I think that anytime, anytime as human beings, we feel rejected from a family or a friendship or a group of friends. Community. That, a community that we've been so ingrained with, so part of, like that rejection and that feeling of rejection is, it's sickening. Mm-hmm. And that's the lowest of lows that some people will feel of that feeling of rejection and, and not being able to be part of a community that, Steve, you loved and you mm-hmm. were a part of and you were very it active was in it. such a big part of my life in so and, many aspects. I mean, that's, that's a huge, a huge feeling to take on of feeling rejected. And... 
yeah, basically it was almost a divorce from, from the church. Yeah. I don't know. But it shouldn't have been a divorce from God and from the Holy Ghost. Right. I really kind of felt like it was. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. But I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. The, what what is it that you were expecting? I I expected to feel more of that inner peace of you're doing the right thing as hard as this is and as impossible as it seems you're doing the right thing, you're on the right path. Keep yeah. going. You've got help. But I just didn't feel that. Yeah. The times that I felt I wouldn't have described it now as the Holy Ghost, but the times that I felt assurance that that it would be okay, that I could make it through, were the times during that six months when I, five months, I guess it was, when I was starting to think, this is not for me, this is not right, Jessica and I need to just be done, I need to embrace that I'm gay, and I need to find a way to live a gay life and be happy with it and have a healthy, fulfilling, authentic life. That's when I felt, it's going to be okay, and you can accept that and be happy with it and live with it and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But back then I was so confused by that because that's not what the Holy Ghost would have told me. And do you feel like that's come to fruition? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm so much more an authentic version of myself than I could have been trying to force something that wasn't right or some something that wasn't meant to be, something that wasn't natural. Yeah. So right after the disciplinary council, what did you do? Where did you go? I don't know. Because obviously there was this sickening feeling of rejection, right? Mm-hmm. Did you call Jessica? Did you call your mom? Did you call your dad? Like, where, where did it go? I honestly don't remember what happened after disciplinary council until I, the next thing I remember was. Jumping in the car. and Basically moving home, which I guess you must have. Were you in town by then, Jessica? Because you flew down to drive back with me, right? I don't remember. You? I mean, I think I stayed one night in the hotel before we left. If my memory's right, I swear the disciplinary council was the night before I left. So Yeah, and maybe, and maybe were, it was like the night before I got there. It must be, because if you had been in town, you would have been sitting with me outside the disciplinary I think council. I would have Guaranteed. been, I don't think I would have gone in. No, you wouldn't have been in the council, but you would but, have been at the church waiting with me. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think there's any way... I could have let you go by yourself because I mean, like even I just, all I remember about that is just being so worried about you. And I was proud of you for going through that and putting yourself in that situation. I wasn't even sure that you should, or like, I don't, I didn't know what was right or what you should do at that point. But I just remember being so worried about you, but also feeling proud that you had made that decision and whether it was good or bad or whatever, it was what you felt like you should do. And I supported you in that. But I remember being very concerned. So I feel like if I had been there, yeah. you're right. I would you have been at the church yeah. sitting outside the door. But yeah, so I'm guessing it was just the day before I got there. And then we flew out the next day. Or we didn't fly out. We drove home the next day. I just remembered something. Along the lines of me worrying that these people don't know a thing about me. I don't remember what led up to this, and I don't know if this is a normal part of a disciplinary council or not, or if it was based on me expressing that concern to the stake president. But my he had my parents 
write letters that he read in the disciplinary council before I went in. So you didn't hear those? Trying to remember. I don't think I did. Don't think you let me read them. But I know it was part of his effort to make sure they had a more Mm -hmm. clear view of who you were. were. Yeah. That's, yeah. It'd be interesting to read all of these letters, right? (laughs) Um, But obviously, if we don't have access to them, then. Right. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. Do you have any regrets of going through the disciplinary council? Do you like wish you didn't do that? Was it something that you knew you had to go through and it's kind of paved that way of, okay. Because I, I know that if we don't do something, a lot of times there's that what if, right? you know, statement that goes through our heads all the time. I mean, no, no regrets. It was, it was a, a step towards my self-acceptance and an important part of my journey. And at the time it was very much a show of, I am committed to making this right, to rectifying this, to repenting of my sins, to acknowledging my mistakes and, and to seeking help to move forward. I mean, it was it was very much a, a show of my commitment to those things. So yeah. based on where I was at that point, no, I I mean I, I don't regret it. It was it's a it was a very negative experience and it was very much a dark, really the very start of an absolutely dark lonely time but but i'm but now i don't regret it yeah things wouldn't have certain they certainly wouldn't have been any better had i not done it it wouldn't have changed much no yeah what was that smirk jessica i just keep thinking about our drive home now like <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that yeah we yeah, talked we about it parts of it like locking the keys in the car and then the Tire blowing, Tire blowing we talk, and how come I don't remember talking about that? Staying in the trashy hotel and the people behind us were having sex. <laughs> we talked about this, yeah. yeah and like yeah. we did stay at one. Well, that night we just didn't have a choice, but like we stayed at some Marriotts along the way, and I remember like we had separate beds and at every place we stayed because I'm a prude. That was, that was the boundary. <laughs> that we, were, we were divorced. I wasn't and... a prude, but. Yeah, we weren't together, and you'd been sleeping with another man for the last six months. And I was about to ask. I wasn't. How going much of to... it was we're divorced, and therefore we can't sleep together? How much of it was I literally had just? It was purely that we were divorced. Okay. And also, you weren't attracted to me, and so it wasn't the situation that I wanted to put myself in, anyways. Mm. Like I didn't need. And I so would not have been ready that for... pain or hurt. Yeah, we, neither of us were in a good like yeah. we. Even if we're in the same bed, we wanted which have been totally sucks, sex. especially if there's somebody next door having sex. Like you want to get <laughs> yeah. back. Oh. I was like, shut up! Like the only thing Steve could do is bang on the wall. Is like you need a disciplinary council. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> he just called the front desk and yelled at him because yeah. <laughs> oh. it went on forever. Oh my They're gosh, fun. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I can say this because I wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah, and I hadn't been with anybody for like eight months at this point. <laughs> I don't know how long uh, it was. <laughs> it's just a weird. You hadn't been with anybody but me, right? Right. right. Yep. Wow. Well, Steve, I appreciate you sharing like your experience with a disciplinary council because that is yeah. it's it's something that is very like it's it's very intimate and close to your sentiments and your mm-hmm. emotions and your your story and. There's not a lot of times where 
you get to sit down with somebody who's actually been through one and, and talk it out and yeah, discuss it. So that's very true. Yeah. So it's, it's helped me kind of figure out like, well, okay, this is what Steve went through. Yeah. yeah. So appreciate that. Don't have one. They're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you ever end up on one. Be kind. Be kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what it's all not about, Not that any right? of those men were unkind, but. But just be extra kind yeah. because just obviously it's how... a little traumatizing. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Just yeah. Just I mean, remember you, how much that poor person who has chosen That's like who the, has chosen to be judged yeah. by these fifteen people. That's like the depths of humility yeah. right there, man. Like, so whatever you can do to love and support. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So I forgot one thing that we were supposed to talk about at the beginning. What? So we'll wrap it up with this. Okay. So I've been doing these live lessons where I get on and talk to people about being bold and giving up my takeaways to how to show up in relationships like this. Because as we were just talking about, I flew to Oklahoma to drive home with my gay ex-husband who we were going to We have to established is a husband. He's a husband. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, it makes me <laughs> laugh. But like just I have some experience in putting myself in hard situations and understanding my boundaries and whatever. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm teaching in these live lessons. And this next one that I have coming up. So there's one tonight. This at this episode, there's one tonight. Steve's totally confused. It's not tonight. The episode, it's like 10 o'clock. The episode. Let people the go day, to bed. <laughs> the day that this episode will drop. There's one tonight. Okay. There is also one coming up on the 21st of October. And Matt is going to be joining me for that. Dun, dun, dun. O-M-G. That's what Penny would say. <laughs> she would. It's true. Yeah. So, so I'm going to join this, this live lesson. Yeah. And what are we going to talk about? We're going to be talking about these similar takeaways, the idea of living a bold life and how you show up in situations that are not what you had planned, how you make the most of it so that you can follow that little voice in your heart that's telling you what to do. Like Steve was saying, I truly believe all of us are given that, that mm-hmm. like, you may call it the Holy Ghost. You may call it your intuition. You may call it like Glennon Doyle calls it the knowing in her book. But it's that that thing inside of you that you need to listen to. And the more you listen to it, the more it speaks to you. So we are going to talk about that. You can register for that by going to the link in our bio, in our show notes. Which link is it? It's theboldlogic.com forward slash live lesson. Awesome. There you go. Do it. Steve's looking drained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go home and go to bed <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time hey everyone for the takeaway this week we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves we change our bodies change things change and so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way no matter what phase of life and don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing you pay attention to what feels right for you If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you.